What do you uh, think about when you when you think about heaven? Do you what what images come to mind or what feelings do you feel? Uh, what what do you kind of form in your mind when when you think about heaven? When somebody talks about heaven, uh, something you know, endless worship services or uh, you know clouds or or wings and harps and angels. What what comes to mind when you think about heaven? Or maybe maybe you don't like to think about heaven because you're not in any hurry to get there. Uh, what do you think about when you think about heaven? Today we're starting a sermon series for three weeks based on uh, on the concept of heaven. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, what is heaven like, uh, what will we do there, things like some of the questions, what will we know, things like that. And, and, and of course, there's a lot we're not going to know, but we're going to try to hit upon some things that we can say with some confidence about what heaven's going to be like. Um, I know when I was a kid I had lots of questions, I still do, but some of the questions as a kid you have are things like, well, will my dog be in heaven, you know? Or when my horse died, will my horse be in heaven? Or, or things like, um, you know, what, what am I going to do all day in heaven? I mean, I like to sing, but I mean, you know, come on, you know, uh, uh, stuff like that. Or more mundane things like, um, like, will there be mosquitoes in heaven? You know, will there be ticks in heaven? Will, will liver and onions taste good to me in heaven? Inquiring minds wanted to know. And now that I'm grown up a little bit more, I have some of those same questions just for more curiosity's sake. But your questions change. They get they get hopefully more profound, more important. How do I get to heaven? Who's going to be in heaven? How do I make sure that my friends and family, the ones I love, get to heaven? We have lots of questions and our world does, too. Countless movies and sitcoms have been made about, you know, the, the theme of heaven and the afterlife. Some of them try to be serious and try to conceive of what's going to happen and, you know, sort of consciousness or what what's this or reincarnation. But most of them are, you know, kind of irreverent or, 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 or humorous, trying to just trying to get people to watch. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day about how many songs have heaven in their title. Every generation, their songs that have heaven in their title. Things like Pennies in Heaven or Stairway to Heaven or Knocking on Heaven's Door. A poll show that there are about three-fourths or so of Americans that, who believe in an actual place called heaven, a physical place called heaven, which I think is encouraging because it, it, you know, it, it, it shows that, that uh, in this skeptical age there is something deep within the human heart that longs for and hopes that there's something you know, after this life. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us that God sets eternity in the hearts of, of human beings. So there's this, we're designed and we're, we're, we're created with this longing for something after this life. And I believe that there is. The Bible says that there is. Jesus clearly believed and taught that, that there is. And so we're going to begin this morning by quickly moving through several things that we can say, I believe, with some confidence about what heaven is going to be like. In the following weeks, we'll look at what we're going to be doing and what we'll know and experience and, and, and some of those things as well. So let's dig right in. We're going to move through it pretty quickly. But the first is that heaven will be better than what we can imagine. You know, that seems pretty obvious, but heaven will be infinitely superior to the best things we experience on earth. You know, people sometimes will wonder when you talk with them, am I going to miss certain things in heaven? You know, uh, or, or I've got a bucket list. I want to get these things done before I get to heaven, as if what we get to experience there is going to be less than you know, our bucket list. But whatever the thing is on our list, whatever we wonder if we're going to miss is going to pale in comparison to what we will 
see and hear and know and taste and drink and experience and feel. Whatever it is that you yearn for, whatever it is that you seek and are most attached to in heaven, it'll be far better than anything you can ever imagine. Our best day on earth will be nothing compared to just another day in heaven. It'll be better than anything we can imagine. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says this. Paul talked a lot, wrote a lot about, about heaven. You know, he really wanted to be with Christ. And he loved his Lord. And he said this, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's not just referring to this world and to what he has for us to do in this world as we follow Christ. But he's, he's, it also refers to, to what comes next, to to, to, to heaven, to, to, to eternity, because our life on earth is just a smidgen of, of eternity, right? No ear has heard, no eye has seen, no mind has conceived what God has prepared. So there's intentionality, what God has prepared for those who love him. So on the one hand, we can't possibly comprehend, understand what comes next. It's beyond our imagination. But the Bible gives us enough information for us to, to look forward to it and to, and, to, and to proclaim it and to encourage others to follow Christ so they can experience it. So let's move to a few things we can say about heaven. And we're going to use Revelation 21 for, for a good portion of this. First, heaven is a specific place. It's not some place with consciousness where we're disembodied spirits where um, it's sort of an esoteric, undefined existence. We're kind of spirits floating around and interacting and kind of, we're not ghosts. In John's vision, John is the apostle who wrote Revelation. He sees a new heaven and a new earth. For he says, the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. There was no longer any sea. So the first heaven and first earth are obviously physical places. We live on planet earth. We can see it's a physical place. We can see the stars and the moon and, and the skies. We can see they're physical. He says the new heaven and the new earth will replace those. So they're also going to be physical places, solid places. Terra firma. In, in John 14, Jesus talks about this, about the specificity, uh, the specificity of, the, of heaven. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and pre- prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So Jesus talks about heaven as a place that he's going to physically. He's going to be working there to prepare a place for us. He's going to come back and take us to be with him. Now, you might be surprised to learn where this place is. John describes it as the new heaven coming down to earth. We often think of we're going up to heaven, but he says it's a new heaven coming down to earth. The Bible explains that the earth will be renewed and restored and, and redeemed. All of creation, all of, the, all of the universe will be restored and redeemed. This new earth will be what Scripture refers to as the new Jerusalem. He says this in Revelation 21, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. You know, it, it, it evokes, I mean, it make, takes me back to my own, my own wedding day. You know, the excitement, the anticipation of, of life, uh, of, of what you're looking forward to, life together with a loved one, and, and, and the beauty that you see and, and the joy you feel. Uh, it's, it's this idea of, of heaven's going to be like that. 
Uh, it, it's going to have real walls and gates and rivers and roads. And it's a specific physical place where we're going to walk and talk and, and eat and drink and sing and relate to each other. And I think it's interesting that in the Bible, it hints that heaven is not as far away as we think. We often think of, well, it must be beyond the reach of telescopes and things that we can see. And so it's billions and billions of you know, light years away. But it's very clear that, that in the scriptures that people pass immediately from this life to the very presence of Jesus in heaven. It's a specific place. It's a real place. Heaven is also a spacious place. We're not going to spend much time on this one, but it's a, it's a huge place. Verse 16 says it'll be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it's long, which is 1,400 square feet, uh, the distance from Mexico to Canada. And in this place, there'll be room for all who come. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many rooms. Now, I don't think it'll be sky rises. I think we'll have our own places. Heaven is, is a sacred place. It's a sacred place. Sacred means it's been set apart for God's purpose. It's, it's holy to God. And I heard a voice, John wrote, from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with all men and women, humankind, and he will live with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will be their God. So it's a real place, and, and God is there in a real presence. It, it's, it's a sacred place where we're set apart for God's purposes forever and ever and ever. Next, heaven is a secure place. It's a safe place. Uh, verse 4 says, He will wipe every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And verse 5 goes on to say, God makes all things new. All things new, which means no more sin, no more crime, no more sickness, no more regret. No more remorse or guilt or shame. No more addiction. No more suffering. No more eyeglasses or braces or wheelchairs or hearing aids. No more hospitals or nursing homes or hospice care. No more medicines or surgery. Cancers eliminated. Accidents are done. Natural disasters are no more. No more memory care units because our minds won't fail in heaven. And there won't be any cemeteries because we'll never die. Heaven is a spectacular place. John describes in vivid detail in the rest of chapter 21 uh, the beauty of heaven having walls of precious gemstones, gates of pearls, streets of pure gold. And what will make heaven the most special is the radiance of God. It will be so much fully revealed that we won't need, have a need for the sun or, or for the moon or the stars. You know, it makes me think of, have you ever gone to uh, maybe... A big mansion like the Vanderbilt mansion, the Biltmore mansion or the big mansions in Rhode Island. Or maybe you've traveled and you've been overseas and you've gone to a, a palace from, you know, way back when. And, and, and it's, it's mind blowing to think about people actually living in a place like that. You know, the statues and the gold on the walls and the artwork and the high arches and just just the elaborate nature of, of, a, of a mansion, a true mansion or or a palace. And, and only a few privileged ever have the experience of living in such a place, a lifestyle like that. But the Bible says that, gives us a picture that those places will be like the worst shack on earth and that all of us will be able to live in a place that reflects the full beauty and perfection of who God is because that will be reflected in heaven itself. Next, heaven is a, is a satisfying place. Uh, listen to Revelation 22, the first few verses. Then the angel showed me 
the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding this fruit every month. In other words, in heaven, every single need will be met. There won't be any needs unmet. Every need that we have will be met completely. And there are a lot of needs in the world, aren't there? Today, 800 million people will go to sleep hungry. One in six people in the world live on a salary of under a dollar a day. The average salary of the top 20 hedge fund managers is 25,000 times the salary of the average worker. In heaven, there will be no more inequity. Every single need will be met, will be completely and and, and totally satisfied. No longing, no have-nots, no lack. Next, heaven is a select place. Verse 27 says that nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So it's, it's, a, it's a select place. It's a pure place. That means that, that only people who are pure, not that we are made pure by our efforts, but we're made pure by trust in Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's a pure place. It's a select place, which doesn't mean that it's exclusive in the sense that all have the opportunity to go to heaven. Heaven is, can be yours. We can, we can have heaven. You know, when I talk to people, sometimes they'll, they'll kind of say, well, I hope I go to heaven or I, I think I'll go to heaven or if there is heaven, I, I hope I have a chance. But here's the truth. Heaven can be yours. God has made it possible for you and me to enter heaven. God did the hard part by sending his son to die for our sins so that one day we could stand before God in heaven. Jesus said what? I'm the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus also said, I am the door. And if anyone enters through me, he shall be saved. She shall be saved. So he's not only the the way to heaven, he is the door. And if you want to go to heaven, you've got to go through the door marked Jesus Christ. There aren't any other doors. We, there's no door that says good deeds. There's no door that says big donations. There's no door that says good intentions. Only the door marked Jesus Christ. Do you know for certain that you will go to heaven? This is too important a question to say, I think so, I, I hope so, I'd, I'd like to believe I can. Because if you're wrong on this, the consequences are immense and they are eternal. Separation from God forever. What we need is, is, is something, comp- some solid ground. We need some confidence. We need to have hope. And we can have that in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Our entire hope of heaven, the hope we have of heaven, is wrapped up in the resurrection of Christ and the death of Christ on the cross. It's like Edward Moat, a pastor from the 1800s, wrote these words. We've sung these before. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. It says it all. If you want to go to heaven, you must base your hope on the solid rock of faith in Jesus Christ. Are you doing that? Put your faith in Jesus. Lean on him. Trust in him and him alone. He is the way. He is the life. 
He is the truth. He is the door to heaven. A place that is better than anything we can ever, ever imagine. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the hope of heaven. We thank you that we are created to be with you for eternity. We thank you for going ahead to prepare a place for us. We thank you for providing the way, for being the door to go there through your death and through your resurrection. Lord, I pray that you would help us to trust you. Help us to be sure in our hearts, to put our trust in you. Not the door of good deeds, the door of big donations, the door of good intentions, but to walk up to the door of you, Jesus Christ, and to enter in through you. Help us to live for you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to encourage you now to stand for the benediction as you do so. Uh, Just real quickly, a reminder to our our prayer team, if they could take their place at the end of the hallway to the side. If you would like to pray with somebody after the service, they'd be glad and honored to do that. If you have any questions about heaven, about being confident that you'll go there, please, please email me, text me, come up to me and talk to me after the service. I would love to have that conversation with you. Now may the love of God the Father, the grace of Jesus Christ, His Son, and the power and fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide with you now and always. Go in peace.